What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 1077 of Ask Pat 2.0. This is a podcast that is a coaching call between myself and an entrepreneur just like you. And today, we're speaking with Kate Nelson from IQuitPlastics.com. She's an amazing channel and business and just message to share about plastic use. And she's been plastic free for several years now. And she's sharing her message. You can find her on Instagram at Plastic Free Mermaid, which currently has about 70,000 followers, but just incredible. I love what she's doing, but she needs some help. She wants to scale her business and she wants to spread her message even more. How is she going to do that? That's what we talk about today. But before we get into that conversation, I just wanted to have a quick conversation with you about podcasting. You've heard me say this before, but podcasting is growing. It is huge, and everybody, in my opinion, should have a podcast of their own to grow their business, to share their message, to make money. And if you'd like to start your podcast too, I have a cheat sheet for you to get started with a complete list of things you should be doing A to Z, start to finish, on everything you need, and that's free. All you have to do is go to askpat.com slash podcast cheat sheet. No spaces or nothing, just one giant three words. Askpat.com slash podcast cheat sheet. And that'll take you to the cheat sheet where you can go and check out that checklist. And there's also some additional help and videos there to help you along the way too. So get started with your podcast today. Askpat.com slash podcast cheat sheet. All right, now let's get into the conversation today with Kate from iquitplastics.com. Here we go. Hey, Kate, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hey, Pat. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. And are you actually in New Zealand right now? No, actually, I live in Australia. I live in Byron Bay, but I'm in California. Okay. I'm in California for a wedding, which is a little bit better for the time zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that works out then. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So I haven't used single-use plastics for over a decade. I learned uh, around 11 years ago that plastic doesn't biodegrade and that it's collecting in our oceans. So I kind of had that aha moment that my personal use of plastics, you know, I was getting smoothies every day and salads in the plastic boxes and takeaway coffees. So my personal plastic consumption was contributing a lot to plastic pollution. So I phased them out of my life 10 years ago. And now I teach people how to reduce their use of plastics, how to make the things that are packaged in a plastic at home, which results in a more natural lifestyle, more connected to nature, a healthier lifestyle. Yeah, just less wasteful. So a low impact lifestyle. Wow, that's amazing. First of all, thank you for doing that because I mean, I'm seeing it everywhere and I think we're all feeling it now. What is the website? How can we just really quick learn more info and learn more about what you do? Yeah. So my website is iquitplastics.com. So that's where I have my online courses, my mermaid retreats and my blog. And then I also teach from the social platforms like Instagram and YouTube and Facebook. And my handle is Plastic Free Mermaid. I love that. And the final question before I I dig in, because this is just really interesting to me, is I'm sure one of the top questions that you might get is, well, how hard is this to do? I think perhaps if you give people a perspective a little bit about of what life would be like plastic free, that might help us you know, want to go down that direction. Yeah, I think it's all about perspective. I have over the years developed such a beautiful relationship with nature that it doesn't feel hard making these choices. It feels it feels natural. It feels like the little sacrifices that I, I love to make to kind of create the world that I want to live in, which is more integrated with the beauty of nature and more connected to the things that I'm using instead of just like purchasing, purchasing, purchasing. So Yeah, it's a little bit of a deprogramming and it's just so rich and fulfilling. 
Thank you for that. So awesome. That's fantastic. And again, one more time for everybody listening, iquitplastics.com. Start there. This is a big deal. So Kate, what's on your mind with your business? How can I help you? Yeah. So I'm getting a lot of really great interest in learning how to quit plastics. People are also kind of expressing panic and fear around climate change and just wanting to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm creating online courses around how to quit plastics specifically, as well as teaching people environmental activism so that they can create an impact in their own communities. I also host mermaid retreats, which are probably the most fulfilling thing I do. I really enjoy those. What is that? Yeah, they're so fun. I take people on, mostly women, on week-long adventures. We either go sailing through Fiji or swimming with whale sharks in Western Australia or sailing and wow. swimming with, with humpback whales or swimming with dolphins in Hawaii. So I have this like amazing ocean experience. And then I also teach them throughout the week how to go plastic-free, environmental activism, and yeah, we meditate and do yoga. I mean, it's a really lush experience, but it's just kind of like connecting with nature as well as learning all of these empowering skills. So I offer those and then I do workshops. I'm touring around whilst I'm in California, speaking about my plastic-free lifestyle, you know, teaching some of my, my great recipes, my deodorant recipes, really popular. And then, you know, one of the main things that that is really motivating for people because it is kind of a large or, or I guess, I suppose, extreme lifestyle choice. So one of the things that I hear from people that's really motivating for making this switch is the estrogen mimicking chemicals that we're exposed to the more we use plastic. So I guess I've, I've got a large range of information that, that I want to offer and get out there. And I'm, I'm I would love your help on how to scale this the best possible way to kind of, yeah, reach more people. Of all the things that you do, what is reaching the most people at this point? I know that my Instagram currently is reaching the most people. So when I do IGTV, I get really great engagement. That, to be honest, I'm a little bit wary of putting all of my eggs in my Instagram basket. So I diversify a bit and I'm really trying to direct people to my YouTube page. So I'm trying to do more DIY videos and get more videos over there as well. And then, you know, using my Instagram platform, I'm trying to drive people to my website to sign up for my online course. But I think it's a little bit, you know, it's a high price point to just jump in there. So I just need a lower, mm-hmm. a lower priced item for people. Well, I'm behind you on, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket. And obviously there are people in many different places who need to and should hear the message that you have to share. So the question would be, okay, what sort of first dominoes can can we sort of knock down that would then knock over all the other dominoes? You know, there's probably some things even behind Instagram that could lead people into your Instagram and all these other different places and all the other courses and the workshops and the experiences and the training that you do. There's a couple big things, but I'd love to ask you to see if you have any ideas on some sort of bigger scaled efforts that you could create that could voice yourself in front of more people. Have you thought about this or have uh, expressed any interest in something bigger beyond sort of just your website to get your message out there? Absolutely. I'm all ears. I would love to do more. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, have you... So there's a couple of ways that you could scale especially really important messages like this, two things quickly, actually three things come to mind and I'll list them out for you. And, you know, when I share these with you, obviously with many people who I teach, I, I, I can share a number of ideas and then you can either A, be overwhelmed by them and just go, oh my gosh, like now what do I do? Which one do I do first? Or B, see them as options, pick one and, and kind of go with the one that you're most interested in, the one that you feel 
the most excited about, those kinds of things. So option number one would be media, like mass media. And the reason I'm saying this is because, like you said, there are a lot of people who are now getting a little scared about sort of where the world is headed. And this is very newsworthy, what you are doing. And, and to me, it's uh, something it's that could be trending. Yeah, it's super trending, you know, and, and, and there's no reason why you can't become a voice for this on a more scalable level on, you know, in magazines, on TV. Have you ever thought about hiring or having somebody with some PR experience to kind of help you sort of fuel this fire? Yeah. So I just hired a lady here in LA to help me with some PR. Oh, great. Hopefully she can yeah, help me kind of permeate the mass media here in the States. And so you, you said you do a little bit of speaking. Tell me about what, what that's like, because, you know, PR can help you get more stages and, and those kinds of things. What is your frequency? What kind of stages are you on? Yeah. So I've been based in Australia for the past four years. And last year, I really started to take on more speaking opportunities, which was super fun. So speaking at a lot of festivals, kind of conscious events, environmental themed events. So speaking at different businesses. I was flown to Asia Dive Expo in Singapore to speak. I joined Greenpeace in Europe uh, last month, helping them with their plastics campaign. Because of my, I've been an environmental activist in this space for 10 years as well. So I'm, I'm quite connected to um, a lot of the nonprofits in this field. So I've, I've had some opportunities through those connections, but not, I don't have quite as many connections in media. So yeah, that's why I, I thought I'd hire the PR cool. lady. With PR, and I don't know who it is that you hired, but I know it could be hit or miss. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm a little worried. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so I would I would really in your head have some clear goals about what you would like this experience with your agent to be. And if you can knock out what those exact metrics are or those exact sort of things that you land on, that would be really helpful for that person probably to go, okay, well, this is what Kate wants and this is this is gonna mean success for us working together and likely they'll wanna support you with that. Have you ever thought about, and maybe this is something that your agent could work on, would be something like a TED Talk or a TEDx Talk? Yeah, I'd love to give a TED Talk. Mm. There's a few people I know. A guy, his name is Azul Taronas. He was actually my book agent and he, he was able to get on a TEDx Talk not in the US, but it was it was even outside of the US. And it has over a million views. And it's opened up so many new opportunities for him from books to more speaking. So that could be a really good goal to have because with the speaking that you're likely doing already, especially when you say things like Greenpeace and, and all these other uh, activists, it's like, you're almost kind of preaching to the choir, you know, right. in, in front of those audiences versus something like a TEDx talk, which could be sort of a high authority talk that would then reach the masses. So just that's kind of another idea and perhaps a goal that a PR person could have uh, with you. Yeah, that's, that's a great goal. Thank you. The other part of this would be, so option number two, uh, and of course, obviously, these all relate to each other, but they're kind of starting points, perhaps, would be a book. And, you know, a book could... I just wrote, I just wrote a book. You did? Yeah. That's good, because we're on the same wavelength then. <laughs> yeah, I just hired the PR lady. I wrote the book. But I do have a question about this. Sure. So I, I was offered a publishing deal by a kind of a small family publisher in Australia, and they're beautiful and I really love them. I submitted the manuscripts in March and it's 
due to be published in February of next year. Yeah. So that feels like ages away for me. I'm just like so eager to get this book out, but of course I'm trying to be patient. And I think that the distribution for the U S and Europe is, you know, they're, they're mainly based in Australia. So, uh, of course this is like, you know, more of a legal thing around our contract, but in the buildup to that are, I'm, I'm curious about like how you suggest to maximize my time, you know, until February to really make the most of the book launch and really help support its success and, and ideally, you know, distribution around the globe. Yeah, you're super smart, Kate. You're asking all the right questions. So if you can't really launch it until February, and then I have some other follow-up questions related to the book and sort of it being published in Australia versus other places. But if you can't publish until then, you can definitely let people know about it and use your platforms that you have now to create buzz for it. One thing that I'm doing for my upcoming book, Superfans in August, is for anybody who pre-orders it, we're gonna be giving away the audiobook and collecting people's receipts to be able to then just sort of make sure they did buy it before sending them the audiobook. So some incentive to, to pre-order it so that you can have like a big splash, if you will, on, on launch day in February. And I like so- that mermaidy term of just give a little splash. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and, and so what you could see if you can get done with the publisher is, okay, it's not going to be up and launched until February, but could we have pre-order pages ready like on Amazon? And that way people can even just begin to transact with it sooner, despite not having to be able to read it later. So great because I'm, I'm super engaged with my audience on Instagram. And so when I've, you know, I've been telling them, the entire time I've been writing it. So they're very eager to get it. Oh, good for it's you. kind of almost like, I feel like it's dropped off a bit just because everyone was so excited. When's the book coming out? When's the book coming out? And then now it's February. It just feels like ages away. So I wasn't sure how to kind of bring interest back or bring energy back to the book since it just feels so far away. So maybe, yeah, pre-order seems like a good idea. Pre-ordering could be great because that's the call to action after you kind of get people excited about it again, where any excitement doesn't go to waste anymore. You'll have something. And so we are, what month are we in? May now. And so we're going to get our book on pre-order uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. So there will be ample time for people to sort of, you know, have it sort of in the receipts and hopefully get it uh, in August when it, when it goes live. The other thing about this is you can, now that you have the manuscript, if it's okay with your publisher, I mean, you could publish, you know, little miniature features of, segments of the book once a month or what have you leading up to the book to kind of tease people. You know, you go to these stores, they give you a little sample tasting and then people want more and that can get people really excited again, sort of leading up until February. You have a lot of runway, but like you said, that's that's a lot of time. So it, you're going to have to sort of maybe map out different things that you can do, maybe even going live on Facebook or other platforms to just specifically talk about the topics of the book and be able to mention it and then talk about the pre-order again. Like these are, you know, things that you could do between now and February. And for the for the mini segments of the book, so it's called I Quit Plastics and it's about how I personally quit plastics and, and then it gives recipes for, you know, kind of different parts of, of your life. So kitchen, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that are in the kitchen that are wrapped in yeah. plastic. Milk, you said like, like deodorant, right? It was another thing. Yeah, there's like a bath and beauty section so you can make makeup. There's a cleaning section so you can make cleaning products. So all these things. So what a good like mini features, would those just be like a few little recipe shares or some like quick tips? Would those be like kind of an ebook style? Yeah, or even just on your website, like, hey guys, today I want to share with you one of the 
several recipes that I have in my upcoming book. And this is this is one of my favorite ones. And, you know, here's a video of me showing you how to put it together. And then they, they see you and they hear you talk about the book and, you know, making the thing and seeing how easy it is. And, and you know, hey, if you'd like to get more recipes like this, we have plenty more coming out in the book in February. So make sure you get your pre-order and your bonus and, and all that stuff between now and February when it launches. And if you're watching this in the future, after the launch, you know, go get the book because I'm here to serve the world and you and make sure we all have fun doing it or, you know, however your tagline is. Got it. Okay, great. Cool. So book. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad we're on the same wavelength there because that's going to allow you to, you know, get more people to hear your message, to, to hear your story. And uh, it's cool that you're going with a traditional publisher. My question related to that would be, do they have any distribution in the U.S. available? And making sure, obviously, that they get the book in Amazon U.S., Amazon Europe, and, and other places, too. I'm not quite sure how that works with a publisher in Australia. Right. Yeah. I, they've assured me that they have some. Mm -hmm. I think in the contract that if it if it doesn't go well within a year, then I'm, I'm allowed to pursue another publisher. But I think, you know, I trust them and I think it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, that, that's awesome. Well, best of luck with that. And definitely use that book for leverage. That's what a book can do for people with a message. It's leverage so that, number one, you can get on more stages. It becomes a great talking point, obviously, especially if it starts to, you know, see some numbers behind it, which is great. So the launch is going to be really important. Getting on lists perhaps could happen. You know, there's a lot of competition out there, but, you know, I had a self-published book and, you know, when you have something really important to share, you never know. And I was able to get it on the Wall Street Journal bestseller. So there's no reason why you can't with this one too. And it's more even more important than my book and leverage for getting onto TV, getting into magazines, those kinds of things. Other things that you could do since you have time actually is to reach out to people who perhaps have written magazine articles or to reach out to my third option here, which would be influencers, people who have large audiences, whether they have expressed that they are environmental activists or not. If you know that perhaps they would resonate with you and your message, like I'm, I'm thinking of all the mom blogs out there, like they should be, you know, supporting you with this because it's just so important. And, you know, maybe there are mom blogs that you could do research on that have hinted at, you know, going plastic free or reducing plastic waste. And you could reach out to them, you know, through your publisher, get galley copies or, 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 or you know, early copies uh, of the book that you could send to them with a little message, maybe with a little product in there as well. Of, of something of your creation and just a, you know, a note or, or something to let them know that your book's coming in February and that if, you know, they want to, you know, have you on as a guest or, you know, a podcast guest, if you will, or a written guest post or feature, you know, you'd be more than happy to do that because it's more than just about growing your platform. It's about, you know, the plastics and going through influencers could be, could be great because then you're getting somebody else's endorsement who has earned the trust of, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And that'd be an amazing way. And if, if there was some coordinated effort between all these things, that would, that would be the best case scenario, but it doesn't have to be. Okay, right. Great idea. Because I, I actually, I do get a lot of um, influencers repost my stuff and, and just contact me and say, oh my gosh, thank you. I was worrying about this issue. I've seen the photos of the beaches covered in plastic. I'm you know, freaking out and I'm, I'm really grateful to find your page and learn of all these great solutions and ways to reduce my impact. So yeah, I guess I'll just start to kind of like nurture those relationships. And when the book is ready, send them a copy. That's great. Yeah, there you go. You said it. That's perfect. And then the fourth option, because I'm just 
continually getting these ideas, but it, it's, it's also great what you're doing. Again, it's inspiring me actually to think a little bit harder for you here. Um, schools, you know, I think a lot of schools and kids have a lot of influence on their parents nowadays with especially these kinds of things. And I know even at my, my school, there was a program element that was uh, in, in last year where they were talking about trash and reducing waste. And that's actually the theme of, of a lot of what's happening around the school now, which is great. And they built this, they built a whale out uh, like it was a 20 foot, no, maybe it's 10 feet, a 10 foot whale out of all the plastics that they found around campus. And just to like build awareness for the for the entire kids in schools, like there's this big giant whale, it's made out of plastic and, you know, starting that conversation there. So I think that schools have a big impact on, on influencing, especially with, you know, the younger generations now who are going to be the ones who are going to be, you know, using this stuff later, whatever they choose to use. So well, I guess like one of the things that I, I worry about is I'm, I'm very conscious of my, my footprint. And so flying, I, I try to minimize flying. So do you have any suggestions for how I can reach people, get on stages, you know, present at schools without physically being there? Like, is, would it be like, should I just make really engaging video content and set and, and then call into schools and, you know, maybe say, hey, I'm, you know, I, I mean, unfortunately, I, because it's kind of a heavy topic, right? I come from this, which is very true to my personality, this sort of sparkly mermaid persona to present this issue. So it's a little bit more accessible or, you know, trying yeah. to remind people of the magic and, and the mystery of the ocean to really inspire this sort of activism or change in our lives. So perhaps I could create a little video introduction to the issue and, and then talk about a few different ways that schools could make a difference on their own campus and then maybe have a, a Skype call in and brainstorm with the kids. And, and it could be kind of funny, like I'm out in the ocean, so I can't be there today because I'll <laughs> die because I'm a mermaid. I like that. But what are some things that you guys can do? And I could be kind of like dressed up mermaidy. So maybe do you think that might work? And I could just offer different, like kind of have suggestions for things that they could do at their school. Yeah, I mean, that that sounds like a perfect scenario, actually, especially with, with the character coming into play there. I mean, you would be more relevant to the kids at, at that point. And I, at least in the US, mermaids are like a huge thing right now. So, you know, there's even like stores that are just selling mermaid things only that I've seen oh, wow. pop up, which are kind of crazy. Some mom and pop shops uh, around the ocean that I've seen here in San Diego. But anyway, yeah, I mean, the truth is you can test any of these things like what you're describing and just try one, you know, and, and if it works, not it great. If not, then you can kind of discover, OK, well, why didn't that work and, and kind of go from there. And I totally hear you on, on not sort of air traveling there. And perhaps it would mean just one day doing one plane ride to hit up many different places versus, you know, one every single time. Or I know that even at my kids' school, they do Skype calls with people. And so that's definitely not out of the question, especially today with the technology that we all have available. They Skyped into somebody who was helping clean up after a hurricane that happened. And it was like they were live in the all the rubble and you know, the impact that that had on my kids, even just coming back home and talking about it and wanting to help. I mean, they created a whole fundraising campaign, my kids on our street because of it. And so, so you know, and they those people weren't in person, they were on Skype. So you can definitely have an impact in that way, too. Yeah. Okay. I have two questions. Sure. First of all, I had, I had an idea. I mean, it would be really impactful to be able to Skype them from kind of a, a polluted beach. That would be probably pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. Do you... When I get into my persona, sometimes I get the questions, you know, really deep questions around 
where are my gills? How did I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, like, like with kids, um, very specific, like, like sometimes distracted away from yeah. and plastics and kind of like, you know, I have this whole, whole story about like, you know, I've been sent to land by the mermaids because the mermaids, you know, they keep getting pushed further and further out to sea because of all the plastic pollution and it's just really uncomfortable. And so everyone voted and they voted that I will come to land and I have to stay on land until I convince all the humans to quit using plastics and stop polluting the oceans and blah, 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 which is really great and fun. And, um, and the kids love it. But then there's, there, there's sometimes a bit of distraction around the mermaid story. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's not really business related, but do you have any insights? <laughs> yeah, no, that's so funny. Cause I, I speak at my kid's school too. And you know, one day I, you know, I, I was going to, I wore like a Pokemon shirt, which was a huge mistake because at Q and A, they're like, "What's your favorite Pokemon?" And second right. question was, "What's your second favorite Pokemon?" And I'm like, "I only know so many Pokemon. This isn't going to go very well." But yeah, I mean, with, with that one, it's totally understandable because once one kid opens up that can of worms, then you know everybody goes down that route. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's just a, a message up front to say, you know, hey, you know, I'm here to help talk about this stuff, and you know, I know you might have a lot of questions about so you know about being a mermaid and all those kinds of things and, and right now like I'd love to teach you but I you know I don't I can't teach you those things because I'm so worried about the ocean and you know maybe one day I can come back and tell you more but right now I just want to talk to you about the pollution in the ocean. I don't know it's you know yeah. sometimes a message up front can kind of you know when kids are really listening up front that's right. the right time to tell them you know the rules kind of in a special way okay yeah I'm not, I'm not quite sure but that that is an interesting sort of problem for for <laughs> speaking with kids for sure I think that's great though. It's just kind of like bringing it back to the problem. Like I'm so panicked, you know, it really is my mission to reduce the pollution. And once I accomplish that goal, I would love to talk to you about all of the magic of being a mermaid and kind of like keep that mysticism alive. Yeah. Okay. And then my second question is, you know, do I ask for compensation from schools? How does that conversation go? Or how do I pitch to schools? Or, you know, what is that like? Yeah. I mean, in in terms of like compensation, obviously it would be you know, first of all, it's great to just get in front of people to, to chat with them. And, and that in and of itself would be compensation too, right? And not, that's obvious for, you know, and I could tell that's really important to you. But beyond that, especially if you have a book, for example, that's a great way for, you know, perhaps uh, asking if they could buy a book for all the teachers so that they can, you know, even start to implement some of your teachings into their curriculum, I can imagine, you know, especially with some of the recipes and stuff. I mean, how amazing would that be for the teachers to kind of take on some of the sort of DIY type stuff, you know, and then they teach it with their kids and, you know, just a call to action to share this in their community and, and those kinds of things. I think for schools in particular, that that would be kind of the extent of it versus getting paid. Although I do know schools have budgets for, for these things as well. So, you know, that's not out of the question and, never, you know, you could potentially test what that might be or ask a principal who I know is the decision maker often, uh, either that or somebody who's the sort of top of the PTA board or, or what have you ask them what their usual compensation is and kind of see what they have to say because it's probably going to be different for different schools too. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But you're doing all the right things, Kate. I'm excited because the path that I see in front of you is going to be really great with with all the pieces that you're putting into play and, and you know what you're doing and already taking action on was in perfect alignment with you know how I usually recommend entrepreneurs share their message and, and, and spread word. So I just, I'm in full support, Kate, like whatever I can do to help, let me know when the book comes out. I'd love to share it and I'll make sure to do what I can to drive people to iquitplastics.com. But just thank you for what you do, first of all. Thank you for what you do. You inspire me greatly. All of these 
little things that I'm working on are, are things I've learned from you. So thank you. Yeah, no, you're welcome. And I'd love to see if we can connect with you, you know, after the book launch and talk about how it went and sort of what new doors opened up and, you know, we could dive into it a little more. Do you mind if I ask one more question? No, not at all. So since I have my online course, which which I'm getting help with, especially around pricing, it's $750 for the four week course. And then I'm putting it on sale for $350 and then $500 and then full price $750. Do you have any recommendations for some like lower price point things that I could offer for my online customers? Yeah. I mean, that's a smart question because $750 or even $500 is quite, quite big to go from zero to that you know, is quite big. And obviously the book will help because that'll be a paid thing that people will be able to get access to. But that's on the very low end, right? You know, 14 to $29, whatever it might be. So there could be some things in the middle that you could do whether, and and there's lots of options. I mean, what I would recommend doing is writing just a list of all the potential things that you could offer and see if you can pick one or combine a few into something that would make sense for something like $197 or $199 product. That would be the range that you would want to go for, sort of middle tier. And then that allows you to do some fun things because then you can sort of play around with different packages you can combine two, or if you get one, you can get the other thing for a little bit cheaper. You know, once you have a customer, your best customers are are your existing customers, right? So it's really going to take a brainstorming session. And and it's hard for me to answer that perhaps without another uh, half hour call that, that we could use to brainstorm those things. But, you know, some common things that people might include in there would be something like a group coaching sort of thing that could go on. I know that there are programs that have those hiring courses like you have, and they also offer on top of that sort of a monthly sort of call and Q&A with you and they get access to you. And that's something they also sell separate at the lower price as the group sort of calls, but they include that with a higher price point. So that's kind of like what I mean about the combo stuff. I'm imagining that your sort of knowledge of, I don't know if you have even more recipes and other things. I mean, there could be like a cookbook, if you will, of just all things, you know, minus the course material, unless the course is actually, you know, the DIY sort of do it yourself recipes and all that kind of stuff. So again, it's hard for me to pinpoint that it would just take, you know, a a good hour long brainstorming session to write those things down and just start to imagine, okay, would this make sense as a, as a mid tier item? Mm, Okay. Yeah, no, I can do, I can do that brainstorming myself. Cool. Kate, you're awesome. Thank you so much for what you do. One more time, where can people go to, to learn more from you? Yeah, thanks, Pat. My website is adquitplastics.com and I am on all the social channels as Plastic Free Mermaid. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Kate. Take care and best of luck to you. Thanks so much, Pat. Have a great rest of your day. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Kate. Thank you so much, Kate, for coming on. I appreciate you and for everything that you're doing to, in your special way, change the world. And I'm all for it for sure. So again, iquitplastics.com and you can find her and her mermaid pictures and stuff at Plastic Free Mermaid on Instagram as well. If you'd like to get coached just like I coached Kate today, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and click on the little button in the center of that page, which is an application button so that you can fill out some info. I get to know more a little bit about you and uh, I can't pick everybody, but I definitely won't pick you unless you apply. So make sure you do that there. You can also check out the other episodes in the archive too. Please subscribe to the show if you haven't already because we have a lot of great coaching calls coming your way. And finally, I don't know if you heard, but I have a new book coming out in about a month. It's called Superfans. If you go to askpat.com slash superfans, you can pre-order that before August 13th. And if you do, you get the audiobook for free. So you listen to audio, obviously, or else you wouldn't be here. And if you want to listen to that book for free, 
you can get the book over at askpat.com slash superfans. Thank you all for the support. I appreciate you. And hey, I'll see you in the next episode. Cheers and Team Flynn for the win. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.